something to tell the world. We have a message that that they want to hear. And they do not have that message and cannot have it unless the servants of God reveal that message to this lost and dying world. Think about what would have happened if the person who spoke to you about Jesus uh, had not. If they just remained silent. And though you were reaching out, uh, they remained quiet. Maybe, maybe our world would be very different today. But thank God for faithful men and women who are willing to echo to us the words of God. It's good to have you here this morning, this evening rather, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance, those uh, online, uh, if you will, in our virtual world, and those who are here today. We thank you for being here in our presence. Let's please go together to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, words escape us. And we try to speak of your goodness, of your greatness. And Lord God, we ask that you would excuse us and accept the humility from our minds as we strive to the very best of our ability to praise your holy and divine name. The words from the songs that we sing that, Lord God, we pray that those were inspiring to you and that those, Lord God, as they encourage us, uh, that there'll be something said from your word tonight and from the songs that we sang to lift our spirits and to keep us strong in the faith. And as Satan continually strives to destroy our souls, we ask, Lord God, for your protection, that you would give us a mind, that you would give us strength and the ability to ward off the schemes of Satan. Help us, Lord God, to remember how real this very, this very life is, that we are living in a world in which Satan and evil and the force of evil desire for us to be lost. But you, O oh God, desire for us to be saved. For you are not willing to any perish, but all for all to kind of repentance. And we thank you for that. Please help us in our worship tonight to keep our minds focused wholly on you. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray and thank thee. If it be thy will. Amen. Uh, we are going to look tonight at the idea of the pendulum. Uh, the church, uh, as the world, were full of, of different people with different personalities. Have you ever thought about the many, the number of, I guess, generational differences that bless our church family? Uh, what an amazing gift that we have. And I'm not speaking of, of the obvious, and that is the age gaps, but rather I'm speaking of the different, different uh, mental makeups that we have within any congregation of the Lord's church. You'll find these different mental makeups, differing mindsets, generational changes or differences like traditionalists and what the baby boomers may think, and generations X, Y, and Z, the millennials. No generation is necessarily right or wrong. The Bible is always right. But we do know this, that we do have uh, different ways of thinking in our, uh, the, our time, dispensations, the eras in which we live. We have differences in disposition, differences in philosophy, but never changing or challenging the, the Word of God, for it always remains the same. But the generations handle things differently. If you think about it, if you go back just in the life that we're living, not necessarily uh, through... Uh, the historical mindset where we look uh, through uh, 
um, if you will, books and literature, but rather what we've seen growing up. We'll find that there are so many different ways of handling things, but yet it's still all the same. You know, you think about uh, how we handle money and family and work, grand- grandchildren and children. It's still the same. Maybe it's different. Maybe, maybe there may be some different terminology we may use, but it's still basically the same. And sometimes we try to correct issues in life. And the problem is when we try to correct issues in life or when we try to make things better, sometimes we're guilty of swinging the pendulum to the complete opposite end, right? And the, and the goal for the child of God should be right, right in the middle to be with God, to make sure that our minds and our, our lives are aligned with Jesus, right? Always aligned with Jesus, never to overcompensate, to invite chaos into a situation or confusion or complications. So generations change, but the Lord does not, right? So Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter Seven. The bridge to the generational gap in Christianity is the Word of God. It always has been, right? I mean, think about the things you've heard that our parents have heard, that their parents heard, that their parents heard. You know, the Lord must be coming because the world is so wicked. Or things like, um, well, there's just a lot of things I can think of right now that I could say that things that you have heard, that I've heard, that we've heard over and over and over again. So here's what the pendulum does. The pendulum carries with it the idea of swimming, swinging from one extreme to the other. And brethren have been guilty of doing that, right? Right, right from the, right in the days of the Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Verse 1, here's a philosophy that, um, they came up with on their own, and they write, they wrote this question to Paul. And the idea is, now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. See, what they did was they, they took this idea of immorality and they swung it way over here to the opposite extreme and said, you know how we're going to fix this? Just don't touch women. If you never touch a woman, you ne-. And that's, that's not what God has been saying throughout the Scriptures. So Paul goes on to say, but because of immoralities, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. We try to fix things for God too. Right, Genesis chapter 3. When we are trying, we have good ideas. But, but when you exceed what is written in the scriptures and then call that a doctrine, we're going to have another problem. Right? So Genesis 3, based on what we have in the record. Now, I don't, I'm not saying God didn't say what Eve said, but it's not found in the record. So based on that, listen to what it says. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. Now in the record, we don't have any indicator that God said you couldn't touch it. But it was a great idea, right, if you will. If you don't touch it, you won't be tempted to eat it, <laughs> right? But that's exceeding what is written. Satan didn't challenge them on touching it. 
Satan challenged them on the law, eating it. And as a result, Eve fell. Over in Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, chapter 7, in living our lives for Jesus, we're just, we're commanded not to go too far. God does not want us to sin, but He wants us in our sin, when we sin, to know when to stop, right? Don't, don't continue in it. Know when to stop. Verse 15, the, the Bible says, I have seen everything during my lifetime of futility. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. Do not be excessively righteous, and do not be overly wise. Why should you ruin yourself? Then he goes on to say, do not be excessively wicked. Right? So both both extremes. Don't go to the extreme in your life. Live for Jesus. Stay in the middle. I know you're going to sin, but don't go too far in your sin. Not that God's giving us permission, but God is saying we have to learn as his people, we have to learn how to stop, right? And how to stop sinning. Now, as we go over into the New Testament in James chapter 2, you've heard this, faith, grace, and works. And there are some extreme teachers in that. Some some have said all grace and no works, and some have said all works and no grace. But the Bible says it's both, right? It's both. You need both faith and works. They become this huge doctrine, if you will, doctrinal issue where, uh, uh, you know, issues where churches argue about, is it is it all faith and no works? Is it all works and no you just read the Bible and allow the Bible to be that central focal point in our lives. Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So faith cannot stand alone. Faith and works work together. Verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. And so what's happened is the church... And, and denominations have swung the pendulum from one side to the other instead of coming right to the middle and allowing Jesus to speak. Matthew 23. And then as we live our lives, the Bible uh, continues to encourage us, do the will of God, and when you do the will of God, do all of the will of God. Not bits and pieces, don't, don't pick and choose. Do all of the will of God. Right? So Matthew 23, it's like we get on this, this, um, you know, this bandwagon, you know, church, we jump on this wall, you know, it's, this is, the, this is the sin. For example, let me just say this to you. You may say, what are you talking about, preacher? Abortion is not the only sin. <laughs> right? I mean, homosexuality, it's a sin, lesbianism and all, but it's not the only sin. A lie is just as bad. Right? But we get on this pendulum and all we want to talk about is this subject. What about the rest? Right? Everything. Do everything right according to the will of God. Matthew 23 and verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guys who straight out a net and swallow a camel. In other words, do all of the will of God. Don't just grab this group of things over here to get you in to a group that believes like you and forget about the stuff over here. God says, do all of my will, everything. Turn to Psalm 25. 
in Christianity, perhaps we just need to slow down so that we can really see the forest through the trees, so that we can really look at things the way that God looks at them, so we can see things as God sees them. And then we can love what God loves. We can hate what God hates. We must stop and pray about our decisions, right? Our desires, our desires to make things better, to make the congregation better. You know, um, today, actually right now, this has been probably a few years now, they have just started, I shouldn't say just because it happened a few years ago, maybe more like seven years ago, drive up communion. <laughs> to make it more convenient, you've got to drive up everything else, right? So now if you want one-stop shop, you can come in and get your blessing, get your communion and go. It's not in the church, thank God for that, but how long will it be before it comes? Right? So, so sometimes we swing that pendulum like the communion in worship is it. You ever seen this before? You ever seen folks come to worship? I'm not pointing out fingers, but I'm just telling the truth. Come to worship, take communion, and then leave? Because in their mind, you say, oh, the most important part is communion, the rest of it doesn't matter. No, all of worship is important, right? Right? So think about that in our lives as we live for Jesus. It's everything, not just one thing or my particular thing. Don't swing the pendulum too far one way or the other. Psalm 25, verse 4 and verse 5. The Bible says, Make me know thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. For thee I wait all day. Our desire must be, what does the Lord want from me? And that is what I want to do. I want to do all of what the will of God is. I don't want to be guilty of just saying, this right here is so important and that over there is not. Or this over here is very important and that over there is not. But rather, everything that God gives to us to do is equally important in our service to the Lord. Godliness is what we must strive after. The multitudes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. The multitudes uh, in living for Jesus, the multitude of believers, with all of our differences, and we have these differences, and it's okay to have differences. We don't have to, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to all think alike. Well, it's going to take a lifetime, brethren. So just, we're not going to stop, right? Let's keep working on it. But realize that even with the differences that we have, God has the ability and has done something for us. He's made a diverse people one. And in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians, uh, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Verse 20. But now there are many members, but one body. So we're one in Christ Jesus. Christ, Christ has set up Christianity. And this is what's important. Christianity has never been about you in particular or me in particular. It's always been about us. Right? It's a family. It's, it's not about what, what I want. It's about what the Lord wants. It's not about what, which bandwagon I may get on. It's what does the Lord expect of the church as a whole each of us equally valuable 
equally important and equally accountable to God. So our relationship to God must be aligned with Jesus. So Philippians chapter 2 tells us in verses 3 and verse 4, in regards to the attitudes that we possess, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have you ever noticed, um, I noticed this as a, a young um, Christian growing up in the faith, that when, when, you have, when you have friends in the brotherhood, people, they tend to side with their friends, right, in regards to a doctrine. And they just leave God out of it. You ever seen that? You ever seen where, where maybe you have a, a bunch of preachers and they all agree alike and these preachers over here disagree and agree in a different way and then instead of working together, they, they have two, two pendulums or if you will, two ends of the pendulum. You have the, the spectrum over here where they go, oh, here's the liberal and then over here, here are the, here are the ones that are not liberal. Here are the righteous and, and you're going, wait, wait a minute. Why don't we all work together if we have two totally different understandings of the scripture? One may be right and one may be wrong. The other may be right or the other wrong, but I know God's never wrong. So we can come to an understanding of the truth, but it takes diligent study of the Word of God. And here's what else it takes. It takes the removal of prejudice, meaning I'm going to prejudge. If this group over here believes it, then I know they're right. I'm going to go with them. Don't do that. That's swinging the pendulum. They're not Jesus. Rather, instead, step back from the ideas that maybe I grew up with or what I've always believed and look at the Scriptures and make sure that what I believe is aligned with what Jesus says, but not from my mind to God, but rather from God's mind to me. Right? I want to know what God has to say on every subject matter in the Scriptures. And those things that I don't understand, you know what it's okay to do? It's okay to say, you know, I don't understand that one. You know, I just, I don't know how to teach that yet because I don't have a good understanding of it yet. So I'm going to opt out. You know, that's all right. That's all right to do that, isn't it? I mean, I know people don't like to hear that, but you know, it's okay. It's, it's better for you to preach on something you know that's true or teach or speak on something you know without a shadow of a doubt is true and right than to go and teach something that's false. Because God commands us not to ever do that. Romans chapter 12 to live with peace in our hearts and in our minds and to pursue peace, to be peaceful people, to bring peace into the body of Christ. Romans 12 and verse 18. So, so far as it depends upon you, if possible, be at peace with all men. And you know what that takes sometimes? Humility takes humility. It, it takes the stepping away and saying, I just want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Someone says that's the coward way. You know, it's the coward's way to not, to not take a look at something you, you, maybe you've been opposed to all of your life, but to take a look at it and make sure it's aligned with the Bible. Peace. To seek peace and to pursue it. It's what Jesus taught in Matthew 5 and, and the verse 9. Blessed are not the troublemakers, but the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Peacemakers. Right? Look at James chapter 3, please, in verse 
uh, verse 17. It's that wisdom from above. To seek peace, to pursue peace, to desire peace among brethren. To want every brother in Christ to have peace in their hearts. What a great, what a great standard of living. Verse 17 of James chapter 3, the Bible says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Am I willing and do I have the desire to make peace? Psalm 34. To make peace sometimes means compromise. To make peace um, is something you have to pursue after. You have to want to find that middle ground in every situation in life. Verse 13 of Psalm 34. The Bible says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Run after peace. Look for peace. Long for peace in the body of Christ as well as amongst the world. We can't expect the world to be at peace. First Timothy chapter 3, please. We can't expect them to be at peace. And you know, in fact, if, they're, if we're not at peace, we definitely can't expect them to be at peace. We're the example, not them. So we have to show and demonstrate an amazing amount of peace amongst each other. It's something that must be sought after. In verse 14 and verse 15, orderly conduct amongst brethren is critical. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you may know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. Conduct. Christian conduct. Romans, please. Chapter 14. To ensure that we have the proper mindset and the right conduct in God's kingdom. That means not to swing the pendulum too far, one way or the other. The balance in life, the balance in Christ. Romans chapter 14, verse 16. Therefore, do not let what is for your good, a good thing, be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's from God. But in all things, 1 Corinthians, please, chapter 14 and verse 40, but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner or decently and orderly. Everything, right? Our life has to be about order because that's what God tells us to do. So how do we solve or resolve or, or, or how, do we, how do we work together uh, with this idea of the pendulum? We look to Jesus and we always allow the Bible to be our guide, right? You know what that does to our opinions, right? It destroys them most of the time. And it's okay. It's okay to have an opinion, but if it's not aligned with the Word of God, it's not something you can stand on. We have to find that middle place in our relationship in the Lord. Romans 12 and verse 16. 
Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. That's what God expects of his people. So we then are this light, this shining light. Turn to Galatians, please, chapter 6. We are a shining light to the world. They see us. They watch us closely. And we want to present an opportunity, a platform for them to say, tell me about this Jesus whom you serve. Because I see in you order, even in a chaotic world. I see in you patience. I see in you something different from the world. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're a peculiar people. We're different. We're unique. We're different from the world. And in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says again, So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Imagine this scenario for just a moment. The earlier church. Imagine the poor man and the rich man in the world from a worldly standard. But then you come to the Lord's church and the poor man is an elder and the rich man is not. The great equalizer is the Word of God. It's the great equalizer of all of humanity. God does not see as we see. Turn to James chapter 4. God does not see as we see. God does not value the things that we value. And as God's people, we need to ensure that we see things the way God sees them. And we value things that God values. James 4, beginning at verse 6. But he gives a greater grace... Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. You realize how far humility goes, not just with God, but in our world today. They don't quite understand it. I mean, growing up, I remember hearing um, that humility is weakness. <laughs> weakness, right? Uh, what is that? There's a commercial about deodorant. Never let them see you sweat, you know. Never let someone see your vulnerabilities. But humility is powerful. Satan is not he didn't want us to be humble. But in humility, that's where we find the ability to not swing that pendulum too far one way or the other when it comes to our doctrine, when it comes to our ideologies, when it comes to our philosophical ideas or whatever it may be. Don't swing the pendulum too far. Try to stay in the middle. That's where Jesus is. Second Corinthians chapter 13, please. I know someone might say, well, you know, I can show you where Jesus is to the far extreme and, and this. and Let's live righteous lives. 
Let's do the right thing. Verse 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All of the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let me close by saying this. I am not saying that we're not to stand strong on sound doctrine. That has nothing to do with my lesson. I'm talking about the way that we get along with each other and the way that we think as humans. And so tonight, if in your service to the Lord you are struggling or would like prayers made on your behalf, you can make that known. If you are not a child of God, we invite you to surrender to Christ, to surrender to the waters of baptism. Please contact us, and Lord willing, we will be able to be there for you, to teach you the Word of God, and to help you to come to Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your time.